0: Hey guys, so hope everybody's doing well, Um, I'm currently back in Ireland um, and I'm going to drive, well I'm currently driving to physio in um, quite near the Galgorm, I go see a physio called Cameron Steele, Um, I've, I've enjoyed working with Cameron, Cameron does a Wednesday night down at Jordanstown, so um, like with Cyan and it's nice to have. So I I work with Ronan McLaughlin, and um, who also works in the Replay Clinic, um, and Cameron Steele. Who you know, this is both both Cyanide physios, but um, if for whatever reason the the ours that they're working. Um, in Cyanide doesn't work. Then I I try to, you know, get sessions with these guys privately. So today's session is still with Cameron, who works for Cyanide, but you know it's on a private basis. So I go down to his clinic, and um, anybody that gets treatment would appreciate it. it's it's nice. It's nice to have that consistency, and you know, working with working with guys who learn your body quite well, and I always think it's quite useful. So part of my plan for Rotterdam was always to come back to Belfast. I mean, I I, originally I was gonna stay in Belfast, but then when I went to England, the plan was always to come back to Belfast to catch up with the physios. Um, Those final 10 days, is probably more about getting the body in a good place so body fitness um, sorry not body fitness but just just general general shape of the body any pains try to get rid of them any tiredness try to get rid of it any blisters try to take care of it etc etc um, there's a There's a clip in my head that just came into my head while I was, you know, talking about that and and it'd be a bit like, you know, a a boxer or, or a fighter, you know, before a fight and you see them rubbing Vaseline and, um, it's that kind of tender love and care in those last 10 days. If a fighter had, for example, a cut, um... 10 days before a fight they'd make sure in training they're not going over that cut they'd they'd make sure that that's well healed and in a good place before the next fight begins and that's kind of the last certainly seven to ten days before a marathon you're you're trying to bring the body back to as close to 100% as you can as you can get it while doing little bits of training to you know stop the body from getting lazy or um not used to running or et cetera etc cetera, which can also happen. So you're doing the least amount possible for the biggest gains while also this emphasis on freshening up, this emphasis on getting the body moving well. So for example I might I might look at doing a yoga class or two um which again it's not going to create a huge difference, but it, but it might be enough to, you know, stimulate just a, a little bit of, little bit better movement patterns, similar to gym. You can kind of go in the gym and instead of focusing on heavy lifting, um, you can focus your attention a little bit more on just movement patterns and, and more of a, there is such a thing as like a flexibility lift. And so you're you are using weights, but the weights that you're doing is lengthening the muscles rather than shortening the muscles. And so that's that's always quite helpful, always quite useful. Um, but yeah, that's the that's why I'm you know back in Belfast. I also I wanted to do some form of um, fitness test. Um, I, I've read bits and pieces, I mean I'm always reading but I've read little bits about different sort of fitness tests, actually one specific one, I, did, I don't know why I said different types of tests but one specific test you can do for marathon um, whereby it's an incremental speed test on a track, so you know it's outdoors, you've got weather, you're dealing with everything that you're going to deal with on race day. Um, and you you gradually get faster and as you're getting faster through each 2K, you run 2K, five laps of the track, um, you take a little bit of recovery which is enough time to record heart rate, test your lactate, write that down and then go again. And so it's really not a big recovery and that's it's important that it's not a big recovery because of course... Of course, it's fair to say if you go to the track and you run one two kilometer rep, so if you just do 2K around the track, it's really not telling you much about marathon because marathon's 42K. But of, but of course, if you've done the test right, you'll be starting to get to your marathon speed around about maybe your fifth 2K or your sixth 2K. and. Um, by that point, you know you're you're 12k in or you're 14k in, and, and hopefully you've only been taking like 45 seconds to a minute recovery, and, and yes, that's enough time to kind of recover, but um, it's not it's not too much that you're you're back to feeling completely fresh by any means, um, and so it's a it's a good test to do. It's a test that I've I've never done before. And so, in one in one element, there was like a, a niceness to that. Um, and I, I guess that took a bit of the pressure off because it's one thing to do a test like today and I'll I'll break it down for you a bit what you' what you're really looking for and, and an athlete called Stefano Baldini, he used this quite a lot, probably every four to five weeks of his marathon buildups. What you're really looking for is pretty much to run as fast as you can while keeping the lactate pretty close to 2 millimoles. And for some people, it'll be slightly different. For some people, it might be 1.5. For others, it might be 2.4. But as you go through the test, you'll notice there'll be a consistent number will pop up if you've done it right. So if if you've started slow enough, Let's say, like today, for example, I started it. You know, I I think my fitness. You know, I've mentioned the word PB a few times, um, and I, I definitely think my fitness is is close to, you know, dare I say, two ten sub two ten. So when I start to test at, you know, two fifteen pace for a marathon, it should be a fairly safe. It should be a fairly safe bet that I'm inside marathon effort you know, as in the the effort it takes me to run 215 pace should be less than marathon effort. Um, and so if you start the test right, you know, what sort of happened today is you're looking at it, it's, it going 1.6, 2.0, 2.2, 2.0, 2.2, etc., etc. And you're you're narrowing in then on, okay, well, the consistent number here that seems to be popping up for some people it might be 1.7, 1.8, 1.7, 1.8 and then all of a sudden you might see the lactate go 1.7, 1.8, 1.7, 1.9 and that's all fairly consistent and then all of a sudden it might go 3.4 right, or 2.9 and it's it's gone up basically 1.0 and it's, it's risen quite a bit that you're that it's fairly safe to say that you're now starting to produce like a a fair chunk more lactate than you were it's only 1 but 1 is quite significant um at that point because an extra 1.0 um can be the difference between marathon effort and and now perhaps half marathon effort so once you really start to dissect and understand lactates etc etc you'll you'll understand that 1.0 is quite significant and so it seems a really boring test to do but actually it's really helpful in um, learning a bit about your fitness testing progression and and then also like, you don't have to predict what you're going to run for a marathon, but what is what is very, very useful to know is what speed not to race your marathon. And so what I mean by that is, let's say you're trying to break three hours, you know, and you, you know you're pretty close, right? And so you know that if you run the majority of your race at, three hour marathon pace you know you you might just sneak under three hours right and so you go do this test and you realize that at at 304 for a marathon your you know your lactate's really good and then all of a sudden at 302 it's still looking pretty good but it's gone up a little bit at three hours it's still good But at 2 hours 58, it it does that jump where it goes up, you know, it's gone from let's say 2.2 to 3.2. And so you know in your in your marathon, it's still it's still likely you could break three hours. However, you need to be very careful with how much running you're doing. At like let's say two fifty seven, two fifty eight, because your body doesn't—it doesn't change loads when you go two fifty, you know, seven, two fifty eight. It only goes up to, you know, let's say three point two, and it's not crazy. But if you spend too much time at that pace and that intensity, it'll eat up your glycogen too fast, right? And I'm going to talk about that in a little second, but. My test today, right, right up until 305 per k, it was it was super clean. Um, lactate didn't go above you know 2.2. I think it was 2.1 at 305 per k. Anybody that understands k's would understand that 305 per k is it's it's pretty much bang on my personal best. And um, like I think it's like two hours. Nine and a bit, um, so it's it was a good, it was a very very good number to have. Then when I then when I went to six o five for a two k, so when the pace increased to uh, three o two point five per kilometer, um, instead of three o five, my lactate went to I think it went to two point seven. So two point seven is still not bad like we're we haven't gone to half marathon effort yet so you're not a half marathon effort but you might not be a marathon effort anymore right but remember 302 per k is can i do very very quick maths three three times 40 that's 120 two minutes quicker than i've ran probably 207.40 so the test kind of says Stephen today on the track at 207.40 pace you were producing 2.7 millimoles of lactate using a lactate pro 2 it it actually is a bit lower in the lab so the lab might have told you 2.1 2.2 but that's another that's another debate that's another conversation but what it does say is at 2.09 to 2.10, you know, you you should be okay, your body should be okay, and actually, if the if the intensity increases, maybe for a hill, maybe for some wind, etc., etc., it's not a disaster, because you're possibly only going to, you know, 2.5 or, or 3. So... That was a that was a really good sign. Um, now, of course, it's like I said, it's it's only two thousand meters, and you're going to race forty two k. But other people have used this test in the past, and they've they've used it to great effect. Because the interesting thing about lactate around two, if you're well trained, and you've tapered well, and you've trained well. The body should be capable of sustaining that. And if you've got a good running economy, you shouldn't you know, after 20k, 30k, it shouldn't drift that much because it's such a low number. Two is such a low number, not a lot is really happening. Whereas once you get the three, four, of course the later the later stages of the race, um, that's when you start to run out of glycogen and you start to run out of fuel. So, I think you roughly have about one hour 30 minutes to one hour 40 of glycogen in your in your body. If you've, if you've carbo-loaded, so if you've done a good job of eating well and, and not training too much um, and you've got your glycogen stores full, you've about one hour 30 to one hour 40. I, I think 1R30 to 1R40, you could potentially run at 3 to 4 millimoles. So just under 4. And that today I think that was like 4.46 per mile. Just under 3 minutes per K. And so if you can handle that, but the problem is with a marathon, you've still got 8 miles to go. And I think it's the problem that a lot of people face in a marathon. It's why a lot of people get to 30K without problem. So for example, my lactate today, I think I ran like 5.58 for one of the two Ks and it was 3.5 maybe. Now that that tells me that I'd probably get 18 to 20 miles, you know, at 4.48 per K. But you know you've still got you've still got like 12k to go. <laughs> and so it's why a lot of people bomb the marathon, it's why they get to like 18, mile 18 or 20. And if you think about it, I actually have to go back two stages. So I I don't even go back to the 605 2k. I have to go back to the 610 at 305 per K. That's five or six seconds per K to run at my true, 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 two millimole, um, you know, threshold. And so it just shows you, even though you've you've increased the speed by five or six seconds per K, which is huge, because that's, what, three minutes? The, the mad, mad, mad thing about the marathon is it'll take you... It'll take you until about mile 16, 17, before you realise that you fucked it up. And that seems really unfair. (laughs) It actually fucking sounds really unfair. Like, how unfair is it that, like, you're feeling brilliant and you've got to mile 16 and you're, you know, you're you're well into the race, but then all of a sudden at at mile 18, 19 and 20, you know, you're done, you're out of fuel, you're likely going to start to get very tired and and you might find the the rest of your race really suffers and then you might you might go from running 450 per mile to potentially 520 515 520 and so then you lose you're going to end up losing 25 seconds a mile potentially more maybe 30 seconds a mile and yeah that that's not a, that's not great you might even lose more that's why some people don't finish, Um, and then, yeah, they they get all confused, but at the end of the day, probably had they done a test similar to what I did, they they shouldn't be confused, there should be no confusion, because you've, you've simply ran at an intensity that, yes, feels comfortable, yes, it feels really good, but... You know, if you think of it, if you think of it like a car, like a Formula One car, and you've got just enough fuel to finish the race, you have to drive at the right speed, which is directly linked to probably how many revs the but like the the car, sorry, is able to do. And so you're probably going to have guys in your ear saying, "Do not go over three thousand revs," and. I guess running, that's a little bit like heart rate and lactate. Do not go over two and a half millimoles of lactate. And how we're, how we're going to roughly know what two and a half millimoles of lactate is, is probably linked to heart rate. If you keep your heart rate under X, 165, 166, your lactate should be below um, 2 to 2.5. And so, today was a good test. I think, I think the main benefit of today's test will come in future. So, I, I think after I do Rotterdam, this is the kind of test that you're going to be able to do in future. And once you've got the race result, and then you can cross-reference the race result with the test. So, you know, let's say I do go an average 305 per K you'll know exactly what your lactate was at 305 per K 10 days before the race. And then you can draw, you can draw a conclusion that it looks like you can run a marathon at at this lactate and this effort. And then what happens is why, why I wanted to do a test like this is because when I was in Tokyo, I found it really difficult to predict fitness. And so especially when the weather and the climate and things like this is very different, well, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be a great thing if 10 days before the Olympic marathon I'd done, I done a test like I did today and perhaps I had a catalogue of data. So by the time it gets to Paris Marathon in 2024, you might find I've done five marathons between now and then. And if I've done this test twice in every build-up, you'll have a catalogue of 10 markers and you'll start to get a really really clear idea of roughly what lactate you can handle for a full marathon with a similar build-up each time. And it takes away the guesswork. You know, the gun goes and instead of Instead of being unsure what speed to start Tokyo Marathon, you know exactly what speed to go. And so in Paris, when the gun goes, you you know exactly what you need to do. And it takes away emotion, it takes away guessing. You just you just fucking get it done. And I used to rely on heart rate quite a lot. And you know I I definitely think that's that's helped me and it's it's helped guide me. Um but heart rate changes quite a lot. Stress, fuel, um, race day, weather—it's very, very unpredictable. And then it's even more unpredictable when you know your heart rate strap doesn't work. Or so I think. It's I think it's really important to have heart rate. Yes, of course. But I think it's important to have a little, a little idea. From science, what type of speed you can handle, and like I said, what sort of speed you should be trying to avoid. And so, three o two per k, not a disaster for me. Once I once I went to um, sub three minutes, two fifty seven to three minutes, that's when the lactate, you know, three and a half, four. That's where you need to be careful. Because in a marathon, that's going to eat up twice as much fuel as what you what you were doing at 302 to 305. So at 302 to 305, you're, you're barely using fuel. Whereas once you go to 257 two fifty seven to 302, that rate of fuel consumption, I mean, it almost doubles. Because you're starting to move to half marathon type fuel reserves. And so yeah it's a it's a interesting test to do in a way it carries quite a big risk (laughs) and there was there was two speeds in particular that I find a little bit not nerve-wracking but I was a little bit stressed about and the first one would be uh, 615 so the 307 per K because if I run 6.15, and let's say, for example, I think the lactate was two, but let's say it had have been three and a half, I'd, I'd have been concerned. I'd have been concerned that at World Champs qualifying time, my body's not in a good place for marathon. Three still not a bad number, but it's not marathon. Um, and then, of course, the the next rep is 6.10, right around PB pace, and again, you know, you do your 2K, you're trying really hard not to, not to work. <laughs> you cross, and, and the physiologist comes over, and he takes your lactate, and, and yeah, I, w- I was really chuffed that at uh, 305 per K. The lactate was still 2, and we always tested twice, two samples just to make sure, and it was, it was 2.1, 2.1, and I, that, that was really fun, but you can understand the high risk because when I did the test in February, um, I want to say at 6.15, my lactate was like three and a half. And I think at 6.10, it was potentially four and a half. And so you can see, you can see how much training has helped. You can see how much better my fitness is since February. But you can also see how how easily a test like today could like and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this lightly, but it could really fuck with your confidence. However, if you haven't earned the fitness, you shouldn't you shouldn't have that confidence because it's it's a false it's a false idea of your fitness. I I truly, truly believe the science doesn't lie. The data does not lie. You might be capable on race day of surprising the data, but the data is still there. You know, whether it's heart rate, whether it's lactate, you know, it, it is what it is. Like Here's an example. If you show up to do a session, the physiologist will often check your hydration, right? And if he checks your hydration and he comes back and he says, Scully, your hydration's shit, right? Well, of course that's gonna fuck with my head. And I'm gonna go into the session thinking, fuck, my hydration's not in a good place. Does that mean I'm gonna train shit? But in a way, it's just a fact. Now, it doesn't mean you'll you'll train badly. But your hydration was still shit. Now, if there's room for error. So, of course, of course, if the lactometer doesn't work, or if you're getting the lactate in the lab, it doesn't work, and they make a mistake, well, that's different. But at this point, me and Ricky have enough, enough experience between us and enough data, we, we know when the lactometer might have made a mistake. For example, if I do the first rep and my heart rate's 150, and it says three and a half lactate. Well, well, we know it's made a mistake because we know Stephen Scullion can race a marathon at 165 to 170 heart rate. So, of course, the lactate's not going to be three and a half at 150 heart rate. And so, once you have enough experience, you're not really at risk of the device making a mistake. Let me tell you, I knew by feel that I wasn't at marathon effort yet. It it was really nice when the lactometer backed that up. But I was able to tell Ricky on like lap three or four, we're not there yet. And then it, that was quite a nice thing to do. You tell the machine before the machine tells you. You know, I'm not there yet. Heart rate's still good. I still feel really comfortable. This is not marathon effort yet. But in a way... In a way it's a brilliant test to do because if you need to accept that the that the fitness isn't where you thought it was or isn't where it needs to be isn't it isn't it better to know 10 days before than at mile 18 to 20 that you've you know you've you've fucked it up and it and it could cost you dearly and so let's let's spitball here and let's say for example today I do the test and you know at, at 6.15, which is 2.11 pace, my lactate, instead of being 2, it's 3.7. And then I go to 6.10. And instead of being 2, it's 4.5. Well, then I, I need to make a decision. I need to make a very, very important decision that says, Scully, were you fresh for today's test? You know, are you sick? Blah blah blah. Is there any reason today was not a fair test? Was it windy, etc. etc.? Now, if it was a fair test, you need to have an honest, honest, honest conversation with yourself. Is it worth me going to Rotterdam if it doesn't look likely that I'm going to be capable of achieving what I need to achieve, right? A qualifying standard is the minimum that I should be going to Rotterdam to try and achieve. The minimum. You know, I'm not of course I'm going to Rotterdam because I want to race a marathon and I want to enjoy it and that's all part of the fun. I'm a professional. You know, I I need to hit qualifying times. I need to run personal best, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it would have had to lead to very fair and honest questions that I feel like that's what was happening before Paris. Before Paris, the numbers weren't very good. They weren't making for very good reading. And, And I had to sit down with Ricky and say to him, look, Ricky, how many times have we done these tests? And the answer is lots. And I was like, how many times have we sat here really excited because we know what the numbers mean. And then I've I've gone on to run exceptionally well, and that's been really exciting. And so we know the data. Generally speaking, we know that the data for Steven Scullion converts. Call me a converter, right? And it it probably would convert for 90% of athletes. It's not that I'm special, it's just science. So before Paris, when the numbers aren't looking good, you know, y- you have to accept that. Well, they're probably going to convert, but if the if the numbers are bad, it'll likely convert to a, a bad performance. It's really simple, and I think that's that was part of the problem. But of course, that was a month ago, and and I. I knew I needed to do certain things. I knew I had to, you know, shift a bit of weight. I knew I had to work on a few weaknesses when it comes to um, certain parts of the fitness. But it's a bit like, what's the saying? Like you, you pick, you pick through something with a, is it a fine-toothed comb? Something like that. It was, it was very minimal. But to great effect. You were probably looking at the, the fitness. It was probably already 85 to 90% complete. The program, the work. You've, you've done three months of good training. It was 85 to 90% there. But there was just a few a few little bits that needed to get done. And that's what elevated that fitness to that next level. And then it's so fucking incredible to come back, do a little test like this morning. Well, it ended up being about nine miles. But seven times 2K. But it, it's really incredible to do something like that and, and see it pay off. And, I, and I'm, it's not the first time that I've been able to take a step back and appreciate running. And in, in that moment running seems simple. Correct the things that need to be corrected. There's no need to be nervous about a test like today. Get it done and it'll likely tell you what you what you wanted to see. If you've been fucking about, if you haven't been doing the right stuff, if you've been missing training, if you're heavy, if you haven't been sleeping good, working on your nutrition, all the rest of it, you're going to think running is, is unfair. You're going to think it's Far more complicated than it actually is, and and the numbers, the numbers are not gonna make for great reading. I suppose is is what you could say. But yeah, that's that's that. Um, bit of a selfish one there when everybody's probably gearing up for their own marathons. Um specifically this weekend, I would imagine, in Manchester. Can I just say, I am very, very, very jealous of the weather that Manchester's going to get this weekend. I believe you're getting seven Celsius and two to three mile per hour winds. And can I just say, that is absolutely incredible for marathon running it, it could not be more perfect you start you perhaps wear your gloves at the start line you know your woolly hat you think oh my god it's cold and then like four or five mile in you're like oh my god I'm too hot and then you take your gloves off and you take your hat off and you're like oh my god this is amazing and there's no wind oh guys you're in for an absolute treat and, and you deserve it I, I all this hard work all this focus, you absolutely deserve it. I'm, I'm very jealous, um, jealous to the point that I, whew, yeah, I really would have considered just <laughs> flying over, um, but no, I, I have my own, my own path and my own, my own job to do at Rotterdam. Which, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I can get into a good group and a good group that's maybe targeting, you know, just under that 210 mark and. I can feed off of those guys and um, that, w- that would be really cool. Um, the interesting thing about marathon running is if you run a wee bit slower, it, it usually takes the exact same out of you. So, you know, it, it's not the kind of event where you can just kind of hold back and, and then go really hard at the finish because <coughs> as the test would show you today, you're pretty much creating the same amount of like lactate and probably using the same amount of fuel at um, you know 211 or 212 pace as you are perhaps at 209 and so you're kind of just watching the world go by but you're not really gaining anything back of course it's safer and um, if you need to play it safe maybe it's worth doing but I don't know. I, I don't feel like I race. See if I feel like I wanna. I wanna go out there and give it a real good go, and I wanna earn a result. I want it to be really fucking hard. I mean that. I just. I just want it to be a real grueling and tough day, a day that I can sit back after and be like, "Well done," because after London I didn't know if I could do that again. London was woof. It was traumatic. It was very very difficult. But I feel ready for that again. And I mean that. I'm, I'm really looking forward. I, do, I don't know what changed. I don't know when that came back. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's excitement. Maybe it's the fitness coming around. I don't know. But I just feel ready to, to work for this result. And like no matter what happens, no matter how good I feel, even if I feel as good as I did at Lauren, those last 10k, I'm I'm gonna make it hurt. I'm gonna find. Find a way to push and push and and hopefully race people and um, yeah, try to achieve a a big result. But good luck. Um, Stick to your race plan, be disciplined. It's really interesting when you pick a race plan to ask yourself the question, Why is that my race plan? Like, what have I earned this race plan? You know, you can have a speed that you want to run but then you have to sort of ask yourself, for example, of course I would love to run at 255 to three minutes per K, sure that would be amazing, but I can't justify that because I've done a test today and none of the training I've done even in Bushy Park would suggest I can handle that. So you have to be really honest with yourself, whether that's a race you did recently, whether it's you know the speedier tempo runs, But of course, if you've been getting the 10 mile of a tempo run and you're knackered, it's likely not going to be marathon pace. So, have a real good, honest chat with yourself. Figure out a good, honest goal. And then fucking go get it done. That's the best part. Just fucking get it done. I love that. That's my favorite part. Stand on that start line and just executing, getting it done. Go home and earn an absolutely fantastic dinner. Maybe a couple of pints, maybe not. Um, But good luck. And I appreciate you guys as always, far, far, far more than you probably will ever know or I'll ever be able to tell you. But I really appreciate that people care about what I have to say and care about me. And, um, it's, a, it's a real small world and a real small community within the athletics world. So good luck, super jealous of the weather this weekend. And yeah, I'm rooting for absolutely all of you.